Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. How to be a lion tamer. For those of you who are interested in this interesting but hazardous profession, the requirements are really quite simple. First, you should have a strong lion cage made of quite sturdy materials. Next, you will need such tools of the trade as a whip, a pistol, a chair, and a foolhardy, uh, fearless individual. That's me, folks. And, oh yes, a ferocious lion. That's me, folks. Some beginners prefer to start with a more puny type lion. Oh, that I like. That I like. Oh, no, you don't, Shorty. Scram, Sam. Thank you. I don't feel at all well. And besides, I've got a headache. The first rule of lion taming is show no fear. <laughs> because a jungle cat instinctively senses fear. And once he is aware of the slightest signs of fear on the part of the lion tamer, the lion begins a war of nerves of his own, designed to give his victim a nervous breakdown. This is our lion tamer's first big test. You must keep cool, laugh a little if you can. <laughs> Remember, that lion may be just as frightened as you are. Although we sincerely doubt it. However, now is the time to assert mastery. A lion fears the whip, and a light flick of the whip on the nose will hold the most ferocious lion in check. Ouch! Ah, ah, ah! We said lightly. Oh, my dose, my dose! Oh, ho, 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 ho! Snapper! Doggone amateur! Tamer, man, ain't nobody gonna go to sleep on me this morning. I may want to preach with this the rest of my life. Just try me. Just, just go to sleep a little bit. And now, don't, don't, don't worry. I've been using one of these before. When I was about 12 years old, there was this kid that lived down the street from me that bugged me a little bit. His name was Doug Broyles. I had an 18-foot bull whip, and he rode by my house one day on his bike. He became the perfect moving target. And I, it took me three times. But finally, on the third time, I, I knocked him off his bike and felt like a man until he told his dad. Then I didn't feel like a man, and then I got this used. No, I didn't use it. Uh, lions, we all face them. Listen, they're scary. Toothy, loud, fierce. Lions are intimidating. Uh, it, it still, it, it's true to this day that, that, that even now, the, one of the most popular exhibits at the zoo 
is still lions. It's what everybody wants to go to see. We want to see them as long as they're behind three-foot glass, right? Uh, in fact, I'm really brave at the zoo. I'll actually go up to the glass and, like, mock them, tap on it, make fun of them, right? right? Because we know there's protection there. But the reality is, is that most of us, whether we even tell anybody, we are literally squared off facing lions every day of our life. And unfortunately, there's no glass to protect us, it seems like. And it seems like they get to us. It could come in the form of, a, of an issue. It could be a sickness. It could be a broken relationship. They come all shapes, sizes, forms. But they're just as much of a man-eater as something that has a big furry mane and a loud roar. They're lions. And so over the next four or five weeks, we want to talk about lion taming. How do we tame lions? We all face these man-eating beasts in our life. How do we overcome them? How do we defeat them? And so I get to use this whip for about the next four weeks, and I'm loving every minute. I'm taking this thing home. My kids are going to be the most behaved kid. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how do we handle lions? I want you to grab your Bible, and uh, if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen for you. I want you to join me in a passage of Scripture in Judges this morning. Uh, judges, I said get your, no, okay. Uh, uh, judges, <laughs> scared you, didn't I? Judges, oh, I'm loving this. I'm a, we might have to, oh, oh this could be good. Uh, judges 14. Uh, judges 14. Boy, I just tripped myself up here. I'm going to read to you the first 14 verses. I want you to hear this account. Judges chapter 14, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then Samson went down to Timnah. And he saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. So he came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. He was kind of a bossy little joker, wasn't he? I mean, how many kids told oh, I'd have had to crack the whip right there, but they didn't do it. It says, then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you need to go take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she looks good to me. Boy, you need to read it just like that too. She looks good to me. It just makes more sense that way. However, his father and mother did not know that it was, one, it was of the Lord, for he was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. Now at the time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. Verse 5, then Samson went down to Timnah with his father and his mother and came as far as the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came roaring towards him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, so that he tore him as one tears a young goat, though he had nothing in his hands. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. So he went down and he talked to the woman, and she looked good to Samson. When he returned later to take her, he turned aside to look at the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the body of the lion. So he scraped the honey into his hands, and he went on eating as he went. And we came, when he came to his father and his mother, he gave some to them, and they ate it. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey out of the body of the lion. Then his father went down to the woman, and Samson made a feast there, for the young men customarily did this. And when he saw them, they, when they saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And then Samson said to them, let me propound a riddle to you. If you will indeed tell it to me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen wraps and 30 changes of clothes. 
But if you are unable to tell me, then you shall give me 30 linen wraps and 30 changes of clothes. And they said to him, propound your riddle that we may hear it. And so he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat. And out of the strong came something sweet. Out of this encounter with lions, out of Samson's own experience in life, this morning I want to try to teach you some lion taming truths. If we are going to effectively fight this out this walk and live through this life and be the victorious people that God has called us to be, then we've got to learn to tame lions. Three quick lessons. The first is this. Lion tamers need a good eye doctor. What in the world are you talking about? Well, the Bible declares that basically Samson was a man that was driven by his impulses. In fact, the Bible teaches us out of this passage that Samson finds himself squared off against a man-eating lion because he saw something that looked good to him. In other words, what the Bible is basically telling us is this. If Samson could control, if he could have controlled his own eyes, he could have avoided a fight with a lion. Y'all didn't get that. If, if Samson would have been strong enough to deal with his own eyes, to guard his own eyes, to not bow down to the pressure of his own eyes, he could have avoided fighting a man-eating lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, how many of us wind up in dangerous life-threatening, faith-threatening, family-threatening, lion-filled moments simply because we won't walk away from what looks good. Y'all are quiet this morning. Y'all with me this morning? Do you understand? See, not every, I'm, I'm trying to help you here, not everything that looks good is good. Oh, don't look at your spouse right now. I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for testimony. I, uh, well, everything that looks good isn't always good. The job that looks good right now may not really be good. That the relationship that looks so good to you right now may not be a relationship filled with life. It may actually be a relationship that has been assigned to you for death. And if you don't deal with your eye and you only go after what looks good, you can find yourself tooth to tooth, face to face, with a man-eating lion. See, one of the key issues that we need to understand this morning is that our eyes can get us into trouble. Anybody figured that one out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, our eyes can get us into trouble. That's why one of the key lion-taming, one of the key lion-taming truths is this. As lion-tamers, we are not allowed to walk by sight. God knew that these natural eyes, if we gave in to them all the time, would take us into paths and in directions that we were not supposed to go in. So as a lion tamer sent by God, we learn this lesson. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. you got to control your eyes. We need a good eye doctor. We need to turn our eyes over to the Lord. We need to get to back to Proverbs. I believe it's chapter 22, 23, where he says, don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Guard your eyes. Because he understood that if you guard your eyes, you keep yourself from facing lions that otherwise you could have avoided. Anybody ever faced a lion that you you looked your way into? Oh, don't think about her name right now. But you know who I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Some of us have bought cars that we shouldn't have bought because it looked good. I still remember I was a, I was a freshman at, at, at Southwestern, and I, I, I wrecked my car. And 
hour. I'm a redneck. I, I, I needed a new car. We went to a car dealership, and they, they had this white S10 Chevy truck lowered to the ground, pink rims, hot pink rims, sculpted interior. Uh, it, was a, it was awesome. At least I thought so back then because I had a mullet and I wore parachute pants. That's why I thought it was cool. Uh, my eyes almost got me into trouble. Some of y'all are there right now. You're driving something that you shouldn't be driving because your eyes got you in trouble. Some of you dating who you shouldn't be dating because your eyes got in trouble. Some of you struggling in your family life because your eyes got you in trouble. Some of you paying bills that you shouldn't be paying because your eyes got you into trouble. If you just knew a good eye doctor and would uh, submit your sight to him and be quit living by what you see and live by faith, then you would recognize you could avoid some of these lions. See? We gotta avoid those things. The second truth is this: lion. This is this is profound. I, I want you to get ready. I'm getting ready to drop something on you that is so deep. You're just gonna. I, I'm literally expecting to have to pick some of you up off the floor. This is so deep. I'm being sarcastic. What I'm getting ready to say to you is not deep, but it's true. We just forget it. Here it is. Are you ready? Hold your breath. Here it is. Here it is. Lion tamers will be sent lions. Well, that's deep. Yeah, well, see, here's the truth. There's a way to look at this passage that, according to the writer, there's another way to look at it. Samson's eyes got him into trouble, but you also got to read it again because the Bible says that, according to the writer here, that although his parents were upset by his desires, Samson's attraction for this young lady was actually God sent. Because God was looking for an opportunity to destroy the Philistines. He actually sent Samson a desire for this young lady. That means that the lion Samson faced came from... Are y'all getting... Are you, are you, okay, I just want to make sure I haven't like left you behind. Because I want to mention this because I think I'm, I am convinced of this. I've become more convinced of this every day of my life as I deal with more and more believers. This is what I'm convinced of. Many of us are convinced of this. When we accept the call of God on our life and we pray, man, we pray and we fast and we seek God and we seek wisdom and counsel and we, we go hard after God and we finally decide this is the will of God for my life. This is the person I'm supposed to marry. This is the house I'm supposed to buy. This is the neighborhood I'm supposed to move into. This is the job I'm supposed to accept. We believe that when we find the will of God, there won't be any problems. And everything will get easy. And everything we touch will turn to gold. And we will walk by with no obstacles, no ouchies, no bumps, no bruises, no boo-boos. We will just, oh, it's just great. Life is just great. But what we have failed to remember is that lion tamers are always sent lions. In fact, you can't be a lion tamer if you've never squared off against a lion. What I'm saying to you is that at the moment that you begin to follow the will of God in your life, that does not diminish your opportunity to face lions. It actually increases your chance that you will face a lion because here it is we actually go out of our way and ask to be trained to be equipped to be armed I don't come to church just to pass time I don't come sitting here just so I can say well I did another day at church I come in here asking God to train my hands for war teach me to be equipped how do I grow how do I mature well if he's going to mature me then it is part of the package that I'm also going to have to face a lion oh yeah See, you can't be a lion tamer till God sends you a lion. 
the line you are facing right now, hear me now. I know this is going to blow your theology, some of you. And so this is going to be a, a newsflash. You're going to need extra counseling now. But listen carefully. The line you're facing right now that you've been blaming on the devil might not have been sent by the devil. Maybe you're just in one of those consider my servant moments. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. The Bible says that Job was faithful, righteous, holy, walking in the will of God. And the devil's trying to, 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 to mess with everybody. And God looks at him and says, oh, have you considered my servant Job? Well, he was doing everything right. He had a Cadillac in every garage. Gold was coming out of the atmosphere everywhere he turned. And God says, consider my servant. And opens the door to the attack of the lion. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Some of you have been blaming some junk on the devil that the devil didn't have nothing to do with. It was your father trying to prepare you. Because here's the truth. Listen to me this morning. You won't ever be able to defeat the bear until you first face the lion. That's what David taught us. David teaches us you can't ever kill the, the giants in the land if you don't first deal with the lions. It's, it's a training operation here. The lion you are facing right now ain't nothing but God getting you ready for the giant that you're going to face in the future because he recognizes it as a if he doesn't teach you now, when you face the giant in the future, you won't be ready. He's preparing. You see, it still amazes me how many believers who have asked for and gone out of their way to be trained in the art of lion taming are absolutely shocked, absolutely disillusioned, are depressed beyond help, are ready to throw in the towel when things go go wrong and when things go bad and sickness comes and despair comes and attacks come they go oh I'm done I'm through I can't forget this out God where are you at what you doing no God is there all the time he is just man if, if it's bad right now for you can I just tell you what that means God trusts you he must think you're really strong if, if he's willing to send what he's sending after you right now, when the Bible declares that from the day before you were ever born that he wanted to prosper you, if he's sending that stuff right now or allowing that stuff right now, all that says to me is, man, he's trying to teach me. And I can't be the best lion tamer until I face a bigger lion. And some of you are headed for great days of victory, but you've got to deal with the lion you're facing now. God knows that there's great victories and great achievements and great mountains that you could take, but not until you're trained in the art of lion taming now. Don't despise the lions. Lion tamers have to get in front of a lion. The third thing I'd say to you this morning, and one of the most important is this, is that lion tamers know that honey comes from being hunted. Yep. Let's make sure you're all awake. Ah, oh, Christian got scared. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, wake up. The only way you're ever going to get any honey is to be hunted. Samson, the Bible says that he squares off against this lion. He's in hand-to-hand -hand combat for his own life. He, and not only that, he, the Bible says he's hunted by a young lion. That's important because that means this lion doesn't have arthritis. This lion still got all, all of its teeth. This is a young, agile, nimble, quick, strong, man-eating lion. And the Bible says that Samson squares off against him and he's got nothing to fight with. He has no whip. He has no gun. He has no chair. He doesn't have anything. He's barehanded. And the Bible says that God comes on him and he tears him apart like a young goat.
How many of us, whether inadvertently, by mistake, or on purpose, have walked into a life-threatening situation and we've had God rescue us? I must be one of six in here. How many of us have maybe by our own mistakes and our own choices, bad ones at that, we've walked right in face to face, tooth to tooth with the line of our own fault and God steps in and rescues us and defends us and, and comes in between us and then and turns it all around. See, I, I just know that Many of us could testify that God has inserted himself in our battles even when they were self-inflicted fights. I know none of y'all ain't never had no self-inflicted fights. I, I've made some choices in my life that caused me to have fights I would have otherwise avoided. But even in those moments, I am a testimony today that God somehow, some way, I don't understand it, he shows up. He has this tendency to turn things around thankful for that this morning but I came to tell you this morning even greater lion truth tamer truth and that is this you need to be aware that not only does God rescue us and save us and fight for us hear me this morning he also has a propensity to take what the enemy meant for harm and turn it for good because here it is listen to me that the day is coming when not only do you walk away in victory you can after some time that's an important phrase in there. It doesn't read that way in what I read, read to you out of the Message Bible. It says in a few days, but in one of the versions says, says, after some time, after some time, you can go right back to the place of battle, the place of pain, and instead of finding death and destruction, you will find honey. In other words, something sweet in the place of battle. God can actually use what was assigned to bring destruction as an incubator for nourishment for you. You could have been killed, but now this thing that could have killed you actually sustains you. Fight your battle knowing this. This, this encourages me right now that I can fight my battle, and even though it's painful right now, even though it hurts right now, even though it's overwhelming right now, even though it's unpleasant right now, I mean, in the back of my mind, I know that after some time, I didn't say you weren't going to show up tooth bitten. I didn't say that you weren't going to show up with some scars and some hurts, and you're not going to limp a little bit through life. I didn't say that that wouldn't happen, but what I said was after some time. You can go right back to the same place that caused you the pain and find honey. See, it would do us some good to remember that damaged does not equate with defeated. Some of y'all are damaged. You are damaged goods. But just because you're damaged, you can't forget that God is in the mix. And God can turn everything around. And what was bringing damage into your life now can turn sweet. Mm -hmm. You've got to understand that damage doesn't mean dead. Ah. See, I, we're in pain right now. Uh, but, but let me teach you a truth. You know who taught me this truth? Micah and Malachi taught me this truth. Uh, Brad and Heather called me the other day and uh, Brad had to go back for a knee inspection. I don't know what they call that. Examination, there's the word. Yeah, checkup. And uh, they, they called me and said, can you come watch Malachi and Micah? They are three years old. They are geniuses. They're brilliant. I, it's unbelievable. I took my whip. And uh, no, I didn't. I didn't, didn't even need it. 
didn't even need it. They're sitting on the couch when I get there, and they're watching a video. I hadn't watched this video in years, decades. Winnie the Pooh. It's been so long I was getting all the names right or wrong, and they were correcting me. So I was, yes, sir, no, sir, and, and, I, and I jumped in line. And I sit there, and I watch, and in this particular episode of Genius, uh, they've lost the honey. And they're going through all these painful things to try to find the honey. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Pooh has this dream. And there's honey everywhere. Right? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, honey arrives. They find the honey, and Pooh's happy, and he sticks his paw in. Right? That is a lesson to us as lion tamers. We need to understand that when all around us, pain, despair, destruction, we've got to keep in the back of our minds that God has this ability to turn lions into lairs. And in that lair, there can be honey there. And sweet things can come out of bad things. And good days can come out of bad. Listen to me. Some of you need to go back and visit the painful places of your life. Oh, y'all didn't hear me there. Went right over. Because, see, we're taught to avoid the painful moments of our life. And we're taught to avoid the painful days of our life. We're, suppo we're supposed and taught to avoid the people that caused us pain. But what I'm saying to you is that if you will let God get in the mix, you can walk right into the same room with the same people that caused you the pain. And you can look at them and there can be no, in your own spirit, as honest to God, you can walk in and say, there's no bitterness left. There's no pain left. I'm not hurt. There's only honey. Because listen, if you can't visit the place of your pain and not feel pain, then I got news for you. You're not really healed. If you can't go back to the people that caused you pain and look them square in the eyes and love them and accept them, then I got news for you. You're not really healed. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have had people lie on you. Some of you have been hurt by churches. Some of you have been hurt by people. Some of you have been hurt just by life. And what I am declaring to you this morning is this. you got to remember that God not only can rescue from you from that, He can turn that thing around and make it sweet. That's why the Bible de describes Jesus as the bomb of Gilead. Yeah, I've told you this before, but let me remind you, you're wounded. They'd take the bomb of Gilead and put it up, apply it to the wound. And what it would do is it had this cool feature. It would pull all the poison out. Some of you are poisoned. And Jesus can come into that mix and get rid of all the poison. And you can face off against uh, uh, with the person that caused you to cry. And you can face off against the spouse that walked out on you. You can face off against the, the all this junk that's going on in your life. And there, you can walk out of there with no poison. And not only did it take out the poison, it removed it so that it would heal with no scars. Some of you just need to remember this morning that hell placed uh, hell-filled places in our life are often the very places that God places honey I don't know maybe you've never had a hell-filled moment in your life maybe maybe everything's turned out right for you but most of us have some hell-filled moments and what I declare to you out of this and this we've got to get this in, the, in our spirit in our in our heart is that lion tamers know that if there's hell going on in my life right now that honey's not far behind after a few days. By the way, the Bible says that Samson took that honey and he shared it with his parents. It teaches us something important. All the junk you've been going through and all the pain you've endured, God's let you go through that so that you could sweeten and nurse somebody else. 
your life, the pain of your life, if you will walk through it and let God get in the mix on the backside of that thing. Now, when you see somebody else going through the same thing, you can go, hey, wait a minute, let me tell you the good news. The good news is, is it hurts. The better news is, is that after the hurt comes the honey. I shared this yesterday with the allies as we got together. I don't share this story often. It's it's one of those painful moments. I don't share it because I've I've healed from it and I moved on. But maybe I should share this this morning. I've had some painful moments in my life. I know y'all think I'm perfect, but uh, you know, I didn't get this way with no pain. Yeah, yeah. Senior in college, Darren and myself, two other guys called into the president's office. This is, this is worse than the principal's office. This is the president's office. We honestly, I can say this, I know my own heart. I think I can speak of Darren's heart and others that were with us. We really did have a heart to do right. We were just trying to do what God had called us to do. president didn't understand that, didn't, couldn't comprehend that. And he set us in front of his desk, and he pointed his finger at us across the desk as seniors and said this. I'll never forget this. It's burned in my conscience. He said to us, you will never amount to anything in the kingdom of God, and I will make sure of it. Not 15 minutes later, I exit that office, and I'm walking across this little courtyard thing, and a gentleman, the former president, catches me, didn't understand my heart. He looks at me, and he points his finger in my face, and he says, Steve, I hope you never have to pastor a bunch of people like you. And I tell you, that's like facing a lion. Those are painful moments. But this is what I've learned. God can turn it all around. And out of it, honey can come. And now after decades refusing to become bitter and refusing to limp through life and saying, God, I know you got good at it. I've got great relationship to the gentleman that said you, that, that I hope you never have to pastor anybody like we're friends, we're working together, God is doing great things, and I can walk back on the campus, and I don't have to feel hurt, and I don't have to moan about it, and cry about it, and now I can look at college students and say, just hang on, I know it's I know it's painful, and I know there's some bad days, and I know they don't understand you, but if you'll just hang on, honey comes. You know the good news is? I'm pastoring people just like me. What, what the enemy meant for harm, God made it really sweet. And since I kind of like me, I kind of like y'all. I don't know what you're going through. Some of you are facing and have squared off against nothing short of a man-eating lion. Sickness and tragedy and brokenness and relationships falling apart. Kids that brought you joy now bring you pain. The love of your life is nowhere to be found. Tragedy, brokenness. Welcome to the Lion Taming Club. You can't be a lion tamer until you face off against the lion. But I just feel a sign this morning to remind you that honey comes after you've been hunted. I want you to stand with me this morning.
Father, you know that many of us are facing scary moments right now. Father, I know the truth is that many of us, the lions we're facing right now, they're our fault. They really are. We, we followed our eyes instead of following you. And inadvertently, we found ourselves walking through some lion field places, and it's scary right now. Father, for others of us, we're squared off against the lion because you've allowed the lion to show up. You're trying to train us. There must be great victories ahead of us. If you trust us with this, you must trust us. You're just trying to get us ready. But Father, even with all of that knowledge, knowing that we need to control our eyes and knowing that, that you send lions to train us and prepare us for greater victories, the truth is, God, that lions are still scary. They're still dangerous. When they bite us, it still hurts. When they scratch us, it still doesn't feel good. Father, this morning I pray for the folks under the sound of my voice that feel beat up right now and wonder if they'll ever see a good day again. Wonder if they'll ever find love again. Wonder if they'll ever be accepted again. Wonder if their kids will ever come home again. Wonder if the job will ever pan out. Wonder if they'll ever get out of debt. Wonder if, they, if they'll ever be well again. Father, line-filled moments. Father, I pray for those that have been broken and beat down and destroyed. Out of nowhere, a lion came and just put the hurt on them. Father, I pray you would encourage us this morning to remember that you have this unbelievable and supernatural ability to step in and rescue us. We stand here today. We ain't dead yet because of your goodness and your grace. But Father, I pray you'd take us one more step in this journey. I pray that you'd bring us to this place where we can come to the maturity level, where we can actually go back to the place of pain and find sweetness. Where the eater begins to produce something for us to eat. And what came at us so strong now produces something sweet. Father, I pray you'd remove all the poison and all the pain, all the bitterness, the hard feelings and the hurt. And I pray that instead in their place you would provide honey and nourishment and sustenance for our walk and that we would come to the place in our walk where we can actually nourish others from what we've experienced. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, not even the prayer team. This is just me and you. Just me and you. Somebody that has experienced pain, I know what I'm talking about. If you're here and you say, Steve, I've been hurt. I'm in pain right now. And I honestly need prayer. I, I don't know that it will ever be sweet. And I, I just need you as my pastor to pray for me this week. In private, you're gonna, I'm going to do this at home, in my car, throughout the week. I just need somebody. I need my pastor to lift me up. Somebody that's experienced pain too. I need him to lift me up and pray that what was so bad can now be turned for good and sweetness will come out of that if that's you would you just quickly raise your hand nobody looking around yeah hey, hold them up just a second because I've got to I got to make some mental notes here hang on just keep them up I'm trying to commit this to memory because I want to pray 
put them down. Father, you saw more than hands. These are individuals that literally lifted their heart to you. Favorite verse in your entire word of God for me. Father, I remind you of it today as a promise for these individuals. Psalms 34, 18. That, Father, you are close to those that are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And so, Father, I pray that the Lion of the tribe of Judah would come in right now and minister to those that are broken in their spirit and in their heart. I pray that they would sense your presence at this very moment at a greater depth than they ever have in their entire lives. Father, I know it may not happen by tomorrow. It may not even happen by next week. I understand that sometimes it just takes time. But Father, I pray that you'd put these folks that raised their hand that's going through my memory right now. I would just pray that somehow, some way, that after some time would come quickly. And they would be able to walk right back into the same room, into the same situations, into the same realms of influence and same people. And there would be no longer be bitterness or pain. But instead, the joy of the Lord would be their strength. And they would walk in whole and set free ready to nourish others through what they've experienced. And Father, we'll thank you for this in Jesus' name. This is how we're going to end. I want you to just lay your hand on the person next to you. You don't know whether they raised their hand or not. That's all right. doesn't matter. God knows. I just want, just for a moment, I just want you to begin to pray for them. Father, touch our brothers and our sisters today. Strengthen them. Find them strong enough to face off against the lion. God, I pray for my brother and my sister that you'd control their eyes this week so that they won't walk into a situation they shouldn't be in. Set them free, I pray. Nourish them, strengthen them. Rescue them, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you look at your neighbor say, hey, you're a lion tamer. And then you may be seated just for a second. Just for a second. Let me do a couple things. I'm not going to read this bulletin to you. You know what's going on. We want to say welcome to our first-time visitors. We just welcome you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more past resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 